Project Condine was a secret UFO study undertaken by the British government's defence intelligence staff between 1997 and 2000. The results were compiled into a 400-page document titled Unidentified Aerial Phenomena in the UK Air Defence Region that drew on approximately 10,000 sightings and reports. But why was its existence so vehemently denied at the time? And what insights can we gain from it now, looking back through the lens of more recent disclosures? And this week's episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Israel. Israel has supported us uh, right from the early days of when we launched our Patreon, and we thank you immensely for it. Uh, also worth noting, this will be the last time that we have an Explorer of the Week, as we are changing the way our Patreon works. Essentially, we're knocking it down to a single tier of £2 a month, that's 50 pence per episode which we think is an absolute bargain for anybody uh, so if you want to help support us you will get named in the description of any episodes moving forward and you'll get exclusive access to our patreon discord server where you can chat about this episode and others with like-minded people all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored or click on the link below to find out more but uh, yes israel our explorer of the week this one's for you Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the mysterious skies, under the seas, backyards, and, um, and the highest echelons of our secret government hiding away in smoke-filled boardrooms. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Another episode. I mean, this is episode 139. We're going some, aren't we? Yeah, did Go you ahead. ever think we'd last this long? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I didn't. No. 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 Didn't plan for it. I mean, we didn't plan it with a shelf life either, did we? Just we didn't really, no. I mean, it looked like it had sort of come to an end last end of last year, didn't it? And then we... Well, that was our scheduling. Then, yeah, was, then, we, uh, then we launched season two in the new year, three. and here we are. 
three. Sorry? We're almost we're almost into season four. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, artificial seasons, but actually, this was yeah. We had to actually commission this one, didn't we? We had to actually get together and agree that we would. Yeah, we got our uh, we got our three year anniversary coming up in a few weeks. Blimey! Yeah, we need to plan something for that. Uh, In fact, I'll tell you what, listeners, if there's anything you'd particularly like us to do for our three year anniversary, let us know. Not guaranteeing we'll be able to do it, and. You know, especially if it's uh, anything kinky or uh, inappropriate. Yeah, or anatomically <laughs> impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if there's anything, uh, you know, if you'd like a live stream or uh, or, or, or whatever uh, particular hmm. subject for us to talk about. We, we are happy yeah, to turn down the... any and all requests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, have you been keeping Neil anyway? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Still, still, demob happy. Still, for yeah. oh, for our non-English, um, our non-English uh, listeners, demob happy means when um, the end of your term of military service is in sight, and you're counting down the days until you can go home. Um, that's that, what demob is that a particularly British expression then? Um, I always thought so. Okay. I mean, it refers particularly to to national servicemen who didn't want to be called up in the first place. But even mm. people who voluntarily join the armed forces, you know, once they've got their notice in, they start. Um, they start. Well, often they put their notice in because they're fed up with the whole thing. Yeah. And um. Yeah. And it's a long notice. I think it it was eighteen months. I think it's still a year from giving notice. On, on your engagement long time long it, is a, time. it is a long mm. old time so um yeah so that that's how you, and, and that's how you know i've i, d- I didn't realize it how how much this job took it out of me until i saw that the end was in sight and started thinking about all the things that i'll be able to do i mean one of the things i won't be able to do is um be free and easy with my money because I, I won't have a secure income <laughs> but who's to say that it's all over anyway huh. you know i might, might just take a break What's a secure income anyway? Yeah, who who really has one these days? Yeah. You know, Apologies if the listeners are getting some strange noises coming from the background. There's uh, my windows are currently being cleaned mm. at the moment. So, yeah, if there's strange noises coming down, I'm not uh, I'm not sat on a toilet. That's just water spraying on the windows. <laughs> um, hopefully, it won't come through anyway. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, were you going to ask how I am? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> how are uh, things with you, Stan? What, anyway. What's new? They're really good. They're really good. So the soap opera that is my life uh, has taken a, a sharp upturn. I'm uh, going out on a date this this Friday coming. Hey, um, somebody with a very. A uh, very nice, very attractive young lady. Uh, so I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, and I will be. Yeah. Chloe, she's gone. Apart from oh. I, I'm a middle-aged married man, so <laughs> going, going out with young women is generally disapproved of in this in this household. You don't get permission from Janet for that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, hello, Chloe, if you're listening. I don't think she does, but, you know. You never know. You never know. So yes, uh, by the time this goes out, when 
does this episode go? Oh yes, the date will have been well, well, weeks ago. It was. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I'll either be. You never know. You, you've got to talk about something. Really you've got to talk about something on that date, haven't you? So you know. <laughs> so you'll mention if if you get nothing else out of it, you might get another listener to your, to our podcast. And let's face it, when it comes to talking about things on dates, if with me it's either Star Trek or UFOs. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, and role-play games, of course. Although, on a date... Anyway, moving very swiftly <laughs> on from that. <laughs> um, yes, so... Oh, now, talking about D-Mob Happy, of course, uh, and talking about the British... Um, military service uh, that kind of touches in with what we're talking about today Project Condine we're talking about air defence here aren't we Project Condine and as it says on the Wikipedia page not to be confused with the Condon Committee C-O-N-D-O-N um, no well you say air defence um, so this is British Government Defence Intelligence Staff that were in hmm. it so i i thought it was more of a sort of cross service i, I don't know what the the uh, the correct term for that is um well it, it was compiled into a 400 page document entitled unidentified aerial phenomena in the uk air defense region the fact that it's being carried out by the defense intelligence staff the focus is always going to be on a threat Either terrestrial yes. or with the possibility that it might be extraterrestrial. But yeah, that's their focus on what's what's come into our airspace that we haven't been able to identify. Well, um, now that we know, of course, that um, UFOs are, are quite often transmedium um, uh, vehicles. So, you know, not only do they fly through the air, but they can swim no that's not the right word but they can operate underwater as well or you know or at least we have stories indicating indicating we have video that. footage of it yeah so you know um, i think so yeah but tic-tac-toe um, that one went underwater but have we ever detected them underwater by you know with submarines or sonar or whatever they, they, they seem to have been mainly <sighs> seen in the air although it's been speculated that they've they've then dived under the sea or or they came from somewhere under the sea it's um, really difficult because we we monitor we actually know far far more about our airspace like globally mm. as a as a as a planet um even though we don't know that much about the airspace we know far more about the airspace than we do about the sea we we've actually um engaged with or or sort of like poked a poked a homo sapiens sort of finger into about four percent of the oceans that's all i mean apparently we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean possibly even more about the surface of mars than we do about the oceans absolutely um Absolutely. So the fact that, yes, I, I'm going to say, to my knowledge, uh, no, no submarines, no boats have picked up any... Um, well, there wouldn't be UFOs, there'd be USOs, wouldn't they? Yes. Uh, unidentified submersible objects. Mm. Um, but no, as, as far as... I, I mean, we have witnessed uh, 
and we even have video footage of them going underwater or coming from the water um but actually detected them no but but with only four percent that's not surprising well, that's not what this report found. This this was conducted by the British government's defence intelligence staff between 1997 and 2000. It was a secret, unidentified flying object study. It didn't stay secret for very long. It was released into the public domain on the 15th of May 2006 after a September 2005 Freedom of Information Act request by UFO researchers Dr David Clark. Now... Yes, what I we know mentioned about, Dr David Clark a few times on the show now. Yeah, at a uh, lecturer at Sheff- Sheffield Hallam University. Well, you have to wonder how secret it was, because usually when the British government classifies things secret or top secret, they have a 50 or 100 year. There are still things about the First World War that are classified secret. And also, um, the the security and intelligence services and special forces um, are not subject to um, Freedom of Information Act requests. You can't... So if it was a... I'm not quite sure about that that aspect of the story. But yeah, try and put in a Freedom of Information Act about anything to do with secret government reports and and they'll... They'll they'll say, sorry, that's not covered by the Act. Nothing to do with the royal family is covered by the Act. They, They being, of course our most secretive of secret institutions you have to wonder mm-hmm. what they're what they've got to hide <laughs> um, uh, yes but indeed. yeah it was well, shortly released into the public domain very shortly after it was uh, compiled just to to add a little bit of context to that though so you're saying about this 400 page report being released a lot of information in that 400 page report is redacted um, including the identity of the report's authors yes absolutely we don't know who we can't ask anyone anything about it but so so it's also worth bearing in mind in in again in terms of context so the period that this report was was being compiled 97 to 2000 mm. was a period of time when the uk government was absolutely vehemently denying mm. that any research or studies into ufos were taking place at all they were just like nope that is absolutely ridiculous you, you lunatics for even thinking it um and in fact that was a point that clark picked up on he said that it, it didn't shed really shed any new light on ufos uh, nope. but what it did show was that the defense intelligence services had been conducting a much bigger investigation of the topic topic than they'd previously indicated yes. That's perhaps a more diplomatic way of putting it yeah. than I did. But, um, also, yeah, do, but by 2006, when it was released, they were starting to be a bit more open than... Well, yeah, you know, we, we do sort of take in reports. So so by the time the information... I, I got why they did release it when they did. Um, you know, release its existence, because by that point, they were being a little more open about it but there's nothing to say that this is the actual report um so if i was if i was going to be running a government secret department studying something that i knew was going to be really of the interest to the public but did not want them to know i would generate two reports one that 
kind of alludes to yeah all right we've done a study and there's nothing to show nothing to see here folks and i would do the other study which would be the real study the real uh, report um i think you know, no, no what i do about the security and intelligence services you wouldn't be allowed to do that um largely i think because the the release of a report that's been redacted sufficiently for for public consumption um, indicates the existence of a much more secret report that you're not allowed to know about. And, of course, that will just generate curiosity. And once you've got generous, you, curiosity, you've got speculation, and then possibly you've even got leaks and whistleblowing. So mm. it's, uh, you've got to understand how Maybe. secretive the British government is. Maybe. Really secretive. Um, Maybe, uh, but yes, um, it, but this report so it comes up with some really curious explanation. So they they admit that, and and they, I'm going to say quite rightly say the majority of UFO sightings can be explained by mundane things. Do you know what I'm? It might surprise some of our listeners to this. I'm at 100% on board with that. Yeah, so um, misidentified balloons, aircraft, that sort of thing. Yeah, 100% on board with that. Hmm. Um, but what it offers an, as an explanation for the remaining... I think... I'm, go, I'm going from memory here, so apologies hmm. if I've got this wrong, but I think it says about 97% were explainable and then there's this 3% that isn't. Um, I haven't actually got any percentages here. I think. My notes. No, I haven't. That that, that is working from memory, mm. so that might be correct. But it's it's certainly it's a substantial difference um, in that sort of ballpark. Um, but what it offers is this explanation for the remaining, let's call it three percent, even mm. if it isn't. Um, is it's plasma. Which is just ridiculous. Um, it's a fun, uh, they, they said the they what they say is that um, the the remaining unexplainable reports, this small minority three percent or whatever, were most likely the, the result of supernormal meteorological phenomena, not fully understood by modern science, and that's what they refer to as buoyant plasma formation, which is something akin to ball lightning. But it's only yeah. a hypothesis. Um, hypothesis. Hypothesis. Um, that they come up to ex- to produce an unexplained energy feel. Um, and that also creates the appearance of a black triangle by refracting light away, leaving a, a black space in between. Um, it's also noted that due to the secret nature of the report, it was apparently not subject to peer review, and it has been suggested that the buoyant plasma hypothesis would not have withstood independent scrutiny. Well, it has indeed been looked at by physicists hmm. um, in in different areas who have said this is just. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Hmm. Please understand that. But they have said this is a load of bollocks. But but also <laughs> the, the the report suggests that you know, being a, uh, from a military perspective, um, suggests that they're going to research further into what they call novel military applications of this plasma phenomenon, um, which they've already briefed to MOD technology managers. And they've noted that um, scientists in the former Soviet Union have identified the close co- connection between the UFO phenomena 
and plasma technologies and are pursuing related techniques for potential military purposes. Well, that was 23 years ago or more. We haven't seen any of these, um, none of these technologies seem to have made it to the battlefield, as we're seeing in, in Ukraine. That we're aware of. That we're aware of. In fact, what's been striking about the Russian invasion of of the Ukraine is that their their military capabilities seem to be much less than had been supposed by Western intelligence um, analysts that um, a lot of Russian military hardware had been neglected, money that was supposed to be spent on military had been spent here, but it had been handed to oligarchs and they'd spent it on luxury yachts and private jets, that sort of thing. So they would roll these vehicles out of the out of the, the depot, and their tires would explode because they they hadn't been. They hadn't I thought been the, uh, the the biggest thing the Russian oligarchs spent their money on was the British government. Um, they they spend a lot on British government. <laughs> they spend a lot on properties in London. Yes, they um, do. And yes, they and do. worldwide, they they launder their money through London grad. Well, through through the British government. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the things that was noted about the, the Russian Air Force was that they don't even use smart bombs. They're using what what's called dumb ordnance, and the disadvantages are a plane. If you want to bomb a bridge or something with a smart bomb, you can bomb it from fifty thousand feet. You can drop your bomb from there, um, and the bomb will be guided to the target. And, yes. and you're out of the, above the clouds, you're, you're out of the way. Whereas with dumb technology, you've got to actually be able to see the target with your eyes or through your through your bomb site. Um, and then you can't just release one big bomb that might miss. You've got to drop a cluster of bombs and some will hit, some will miss. And it might not be enough, Not maybe not enough of them because they're smaller bombs would, would, would hit the target to destroy it. So another plane's got to go in. And of course, then... You're, you're vulnerable to anti-aircraft fire, and that's what we've been seeing in the war in Ukraine, that they really are... Yeah, they really haven't kept up with the, that, the technology. That's Russian military, though, uh, which is, you know... But that that's what, you know, at the time of this report, they were concerned that the Russian military were developing these new exotic technologies using, using this... What they call it plasma... Buoyant plasma buoyant formation... Plasma. That might have a military application. Um, mm, and it, sorry, it puts me in mind. It puts me in mind of um, what Tesla was talking about as well. With uh, basically, had Tesla have uh, had we gone the way of Tesla rather than Edison, uh, we'd all have free electricity hmm. and no wires. Free wireless electricity because he was just he was capturing the um, the electromagnetic field of the planet. Well, but there you go. That that kind of puts me in mind with the whole point <coughs> plasma thing. Um, and I can yeah I can imagine that there are governments out there who have developed that technology. But uh, as we have seen now, I mean I know we we digress into politics quite mm. a lot on the show, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Um, we have seen first-hand evidence where, where with the British UK, the British UK, within the UK, um, where you've got all these gas and electricity suppliers 
raking up the prices ridiculously rather than saying to them like taxing the bejesus out of them because of it mm. they're letting them keep that they're not taxing them and the government is giving the public money to offset their electricity bills so basically like we're, we're just paying them anyway mm. um yeah so so the fact that the government is so floating these companies basically well basically yeah i mean in most most european countries um utilities such as electricity are state-run um as a public service in britain Mm. it's all been privatized so they are privately run for-profit businesses so yeah they they will ramp up the price as much as they like their profits are being put ahead of the people so even if the government had the technology to provide everyone in the country with free electricity hmm. that was like renewable and all the rest of it, they wouldn't do it. Clearly, they, they've they've proved that they wouldn't do that. Um, well, no, because we have actions. we have governments as they do in the states, and many of our other listeners will will, will recognise that yes, their governments uh, are hamstrung by the corporations, and it's in the corporate interests that they. They'll try and justify it. They'll say, "Well, you know, by by supporting the corporations, we're making things better for you." It's the old, you know, if we if we let the rich get richer, they'll invest that money, and it will all trickle down to you, trickle down economics. <laughs> ah, what a load of crap! Because they all put it in offshore savings accounts where it doesn't. It's like like dragons hoarding their treasure. Yeah, and we're seeing it a, doesn't go into the public. For instance, we're seeing a, a wave of industrial action because privatised rail companies and utilities companies. Are not giving their staff pay rises in the face of massive inflation. If, if the official rate of inflation is ten percent, you can bet the actual cost of living has gone up a lot more than that. Oh, it's gone up far ridiculously. Yeah. Way more so than anyway, we've got we've got yeah. a topic. We've got a uh, long way off topic. Back onto topic. So yes, so plasma, hmm. um, buoyant plasma, absolute nonsense. That that's causing the, i mean the idea that ball lightning will look like a black triangle it's it's nonsense it's ridiculous well no, i mean the black triangle is delineated by lights isn't it so what it's suggesting is that the the lights in a three lights in the sky causing a triangular formation in in between those three lights that area will look dark and suggest an object there where there actually isn't one doesn't explain when these black triangles are seen during the day, though. No, it doesn't explain that. Well, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really explain much at all. It's, no, it's, it it's, it's speculative. Um, yeah. They're not saying this is what causes it. They're saying, you know, that, that unex, the unexplainable reports are most likely the result of supernormal meteorological phenomena not understood yeah. by modern science. They also um, make reference to close encounters. Mm. describing people who yes. themselves believe that. that they've had close encounters and have been convinced of what they said or seen or experienced. Um, well, that's, but, really, but also, that's really important. It that, is, but also they note that it doesn't represent any proof that such encounters were real. Um, no, no, but acknowledging that these people who are credible people that they believe what they're saying. So they have ruled out, effectively, these abductees, people who have had close encounters of some degree or another, they are not lying. They have ruled that out. 
Um, I don't think you can rule that out because some of those people really aren't very credible. Well, there are people who are less credible, I, I mm. agree with you, but there are people amongst there who are extremely credible and if they believe what they're saying, that means they are not lying. They are telling the truth as they understand it. Right. Yeah, that's not lying. But it, It's not lying. It, it doesn't mean that what you say is objectively true. It's what uh, you think is true. Yes, but, but lying, lying is consciously saying. But I think that's an important... If it's a credible person, hmm. and what they are saying is not fictive it's not made up by them that's that's lends a lot of credence i think there's that's a more powerful aspect of this report than has been perhaps previously recognized it, it's kind of a sidebar isn't it i mean they're they're mainly concerned about intrusions into british airspace that they're responsible for the defense of um, so, yeah, mainly they're looking at reports of things in the skies, but you know, where these things have allegedly come down to earth they want and, and have been witnessed by people, yeah, of course they want to talk to them. Yeah. But, um, and abductee, I mean, that's kind of, that's a really striking... So a lot of times, and especially back in the 90s, hmm. um, abductees were absolutely roundly ridiculed if they if they came public oh yeah um completely ridiculed and mocked and like really thrashed in the media even really even by people who believe that we are be being visited by aliens um, they would mock them in in just the same way that christians would mock a woman who claimed she had a virgin birth or they would yes. mock a homeless man who claimed to be the son of God. You know, they would... Yes. You know, they, they believe in that thing, but they I don't believe it's you. That's basically what they're saying. They keep, they keep saying Jesus is returning. But it but ain't you. you. Say, and here I am. Yeah. yeah, they... Yeah, they won't... Hmm. They don't believe you. Um, <laughs> maybe I ought to try that. I don't know. How many of our Christian <laughs> listeners are we upset with that remark? But, yeah. Oh. Uh, write and let us know mm. uh, if you're a Christian believer and that's um, yeah, why, why not, and you don't why, like that why, why not let us know why not troll our, our website <laughs> um, yeah so so I think I think this is a really important report in two ways I think I think that saying that these people believe what they are saying. These abductees, people who've had... And, and close encounters can mean lots of different things. You know, it can just be, look, I, I just... I was driving down the road and this UFO landed at the side of me and, you know... Hmm. That, that's... That can be a, a... A close encounter, what they're talking about as well. Um... So, because they're saying these people believe what they are saying, I, I know, I just find that absolutely phenomenal. Find that phenomenal. Um, especially, uh, now I am going back in my head, like with context, I've got context of what ufology was like mm. 25 years ago um, and how it was 
utterly ridiculed. Um, no. So that's that's part of it. But the fact that this report exists. Now, are you going to tell me there wasn't a report from 2000 onwards or prior to this? Because I wouldn't believe that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, these things cost money, don't they? And and you've got to persuade someone that it's worth looking into these things. I mean, you'd have to show them data to say we've got all these reports of things in our airspace that we can't, that haven't been identified. We need to look at what they they are. Um, there's a Guardian article which says that you know, the trail towards this investigation began in 1976 um, from a UFO enthusiast called Julian Hennessy for access to the MOD's records on UFO sightings. Um, a, a, a note from the UFOs shows that officials intended to refuse him access on the grounds that the files contain confidential information and very little of value to a serious scientific investigator. Um, so, yeah, I guess they've always been concerned about about our airspace and, and especially during the Cold War, that... Um, at the Soviet Union, which is you know, our Cold War enemy, would suddenly develop a new technology that that um, that would counter anything that that we've got. That was always you know, the, the the secret weapon, the whatever the, the kind of. I mean, even um, you look at John Ronson's um, "The Men Who Stare at Goats," which is about psychics and clairvoyance or people claiming they've got psychic powers, and um, someone in the U.S. Department of Department of Defense or the whatever the State Department said, well, what if this is true? What if they really do have these powers and the Soviet Union is developing them and that there are people sat somewhere in St. Petersburg or Leningrad, as it was then, who are actually able, through their psychic powers, to see what you're writing in a secret document? Remote viewing. Remote yeah. viewing. What if that's... Yeah, we need to look into that. So they, they, they just had to. Money was no object in those days. In, mm. in that, It never is in a, in a war, but which, going is, which is great for the arms companies when money is no object. <laughs> going back prior to that, you had uh, Churchill's, you know, Winston Churchill formed the, um, uh, the UFO Working Party. Mm. You know, but anyway, it, yeah, it's not new... Any that that um, that the government's interested in UFOs. Uh, mm. If if they, if at any point in history they have ever said we're not interested in this and we're not studying them, then they're talking crap, basically. Well, and, and this report kind of proves that. Um, in my view, the, I mean, the Guardian article says eventually DI fifty five decided to allow its involvement to be made public. A note to the public UFO desk, and this is back in 1995, said, I see no reason for continuing to deny that the Defence Intelligence Service has an interest in UFOs. However, if the association is formally made public, then the MOD will no doubt be pressured to state what the intelligence role or interest is. This could lead to disbelief and embarrassment since few people are likely to believe the truth that lack of funds and higher priorities have prevented any study of the thousands of reports received. Yep. Yeah. And and I get that. I get that. It it's so if you were going to go for disclosure, mm. 
the first thing you would have to do is after years of saying it's ridiculous like you know and and genuinely ridiculing people for it mm. you have to move it to a state whereby it was taken a bit more seriously it was like yet you'd add it into kind of the mainstream psyche mm. through hollywood through the media as we've talked about in the past in in past episodes uh, you'd steadily do that to a point whereby now you can start saying yes we're studying this thing publicly hmm. without losing face without being ridiculed and that's the point at disclosure where we're at now hmm. we should put uh, a link we, to this guardian article actually because it, it is um it, it actually goes into detail of some of the the sightings that were that were covered including um rendlesham Yes, Rendlesham well, Forest and Suffolk, cases, which has yeah, been, been named as Britain's Roswell. Um, yeah, all it says is an airman later confessed the incident was a hoax. That's mm. all they say about it. So uh, no, because they to this day. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they, that that's what happened. they've said in their report. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, anyway, we need to take a trip to Rendlesham Forest at some point. We do. Yeah, you and I, Neil. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Anyway, so what? What do you? I mean, does the Condine report so so learning about the, of its existence? Anything it says? Anything jump out at you, Neil? I've I've kind of made my case for why I think it's significant. Um, I think the fact that they were so quick to release in 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 relative terms, so quick to declassify and make publicly available um, a secret document. Um pretty much shows that there's nothing in it that they're that they're concerned about or that reveals any kind of you know they've just looked at looked at various something like 10,000 sightings they looked at and as you say 97% of them they were able to actually identify leaving only 3% of UFOs and they've hypothesized this this plasma (laughs) just ridiculous um, whatever the, the, yeah, it's pure speculation but um, no I think it's interesting that there was a report you, you would think that anyone involved in air defence well of course they would be interested in looking at you know, <laughs> if there's something in the sky that you can't identify that's you know that's your that's on you if that turns out to be I mean they did conclude there was nothing they couldn't conclude that there was anything hostile and they couldn't they couldn't conclude that there was anything, there was any kind of intelligence behind the phenomena. You're talking lights in the sky. So well, things have changed now. Have they? Have have they really? Yes. Yes. With the release of the Pentagon videos, tic tac toe, and I uh, think that's yeah. still that's still subject Definitely to an intelligence speculation. Anyway, well, we like to speculate on this shit, mm. don't we? Uh, but what do you think, listeners? Um, had you heard of Project Condine before, listeners? And is it as meaningful as perhaps I'm giving it credence or Neil? Um, do let us know what you think of it via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us through our Facebook or Twitter by searching Aliens Explored or on our YouTube channel as well. Don't forget to go over, give that a like and subscribe, please. 
Uh, and of course, we need to mention our Patreon as well. Um, don't forget that. If you subscribe to our Patreon, then you get exclusive access to our Discord server, uh, where you can uh, chat with like-minded people about this and any of the other topics we discuss here. Uh, so all links to all that are below as per usual join us next time though when oh yes big old topic this one mm -hmm. uh, next time we're going to be looking at alien orbs alien orbs alien orbs or the orb phenomenon i suppose the orb. Uh, to widen it just that little bit further um, and move the goalposts. Yeah, the orbs that are so often synonymous with UFO sightings. We haven't a delve into those, so don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching. Keep watching governments very, very carefully because they're usually hiding something, uh, and it's often nefarious. Uh, and of course, keep watching the skies. So take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.